Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. I don't want anything to do with him. Don't be so bloody selfish, Thomas. He's not my responsibility. He's your brother. He's a freak. Good evening and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hey. 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 Oh, whoa. I'm Wayne Stellini. And I'm a Philip Hunting. And welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. That's right, Philip. So what have you been watching since our last podcast? I have been watching more Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, I can't get enough of it, can I you? I love it. <laughs> um, so Kirsten and I, yeah, just watching some more of it. And yep. yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's funny. It's yep. funny. You're ruffling. I'm ruffling. I'm ruffled. <laughs> I'm rufflecopter. <laughs> Fantastic. And how about yourself? Well, I watched a comedy just recently called Daddy's Home. Okay. So the one with Mike Wahlberg and yep. it's stepfather versus biological father. Yep. Look, wasn't laugh per minute, but it was actually quite cute and amusing. Awesome. Yeah. So Will Ferrell doing his thing. So what have you got for us today? Today we're reviewing The Black Balloon. Please explain. 15-year-old Thomas Mollison, Reese Wakefield, and his family move to a new suburban home. For Thomas, it's yet another new school and starting from scratch. He meets and is attracted to Jackie, Gemma Ward, who becomes a bystander to Thomas's frustration when his father, Eric Thompson, and pregnant mother, Tony Collette, put him in charge of looking after his autistic brother, Luke Ford. Philip, what did you think of The Black Balloon? This film, in many ways, actually hit home to me. So, for those playing at home, I actually have ADHD. Mm -hmm. And have been medicated all my life for that. And when I say it hit home, I didn't actually put myself in Thomas's shoes. But I also didn't put myself into Charlie's shoes. I actually put myself in my sister's shoes through Thomas. Mm. Because... She had to deal with me quite often unmedicated, doing stupid stuff. It's more than just that sibling rivalry. It's that my sister had to grow up a little bit faster because she was often put in charge of things. Mm. Now, there were not many direct parallels to this. The problem with ADHD, for myself at least is that I always knew that I was doing wrong. And not like while I was doing it, it'd be this hindsight thing. So I'd do whatever I did, and then it was only after, once the consequences hit, that I went, oh, bugger. And it wasn't even just this, oh, I got in trouble sort of mentality. It was, I've hurt people. I've upset people. Sibling rivalry is an element to this film, but it's not in the traditional sense. Yes. I feel like if there's a rivalry here, it is for the want of attention and affection from the parents, perhaps. Because you've got two teenage boys who are both coming of age, discovering Mm. themselves, going through puberty, looking at girls in a certain way, wanting to make friends and be within a sort of community that rivalry is skewed a little bit to what we understand because Charlie, the older sibling here, has autism, doesn't speak, communicates through sign language Mm. and does have an element of ADHD, as Mm. is explained in the film. But the focus really, in terms of his capabilities and his behaviour, go back to his autism, which is a challenge for the family. But it's one that is still ingrained in routine. Mm. The parents are extremely flexible, understanding and compassionate 
and there's a lovely line said by the father who tends to take a bit of a back seat here a lot yeah um, because the focus is more on on the mother and how she keeps the family together but he has this wonderful line that he says to thomas when thomas says you know do you ever wish that charlie was normal and you know look he says yes whatever normal means but he says if you can't look after your own you're piss weak yeah and that's actually quite a lovely father to son moment in mm. saying that regardless charlie is your brother you have a duty of care yeah and it seems like regardless of what his abilities or limitations are you have to look after him because you're his brother but i feel like that that's a lesson that is sort of pushed even onto how you treat your parents for example mm. you know there is a moment when maggie the mother played by tony collette so beautifully i might add oh yeah yeah is bedridden or has to be bedridden and that's a mm. challenge for her because she's so used to looking after everyone and looking after the household and maintaining the household We've got traditional gender roles here. Yeah. And if anything, they're probably even exaggerated a little bit. Yes, yes. So the sibling rivalry, I think, comes out more in terms of Thomas's frustration with Charlie. Because mm. at the end of the day, he just wants to be a normal kid. Yeah. But he can't be because he's always having to look after his brother. Yeah. Which, look, siblings do anyway, but it's heightened here. It's very heightened. And I can see, you know, the frustration there. Mm. I mean... I've always felt it unfair to a very lesser extent. I've a slight tangent here, but there's a family in my hometown and they owned the local tuck shop. Mm-hmm. And two of the kid, the two kids always had to work there after school. And I always sort of felt myself that they don't get to have a childhood. Yeah. Because they consistently worked there. There never seemed to be a point where, oh, you have your weekends off or you have... Yeah. It was they were almost always there. Mm. I remember thinking even back as a kid, I used to think, well, that sucks. That's They're not getting a childhood. They don't get, don't get to socialise to play. Yeah. And I see that here too. I was actually surprised they didn't play with it a lot more. The dynamics of the rivalry between Thomas and not, Charlie? Not even the dynamics and rivalry, but that mental health and having that in the family and having to cope with these strenuous points. Thomas has this, the, the, the girlfriend of, in Jackie. Yeah. She is, and I'm not saying people like this don't exist. Mm. I'm suggesting though that she is very tolerant for a 15 year old girl. Yeah. That sort of thing, what she witnesses and accepts, eventually accepts, mm. Is stuff that most 15-year-olds would not. And I felt that very strongly as someone, again, who Mm. has gone through that. I had a couple of mates that dealt with things Mm. and were able to accept it and live with me with this. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. Right. But even then, it always came with caveats it came with so long as it's medicated so long as it's this so long as it's that and i found it very hard to watch do not get me wrong it was beautiful and all that but Mm. i found it very hard confronting to watch thomas have to grow up faster than he really should have yeah and i think that's a confronting element for the film i think regardless of 
backstories as well. And it's beautifully nuanced by Reese Wakefield, who plays Thomas. And he just does such an amazing job oh, here. Yeah. I think you can see this rawness, this beautiful emotion that comes out in having to look after Charlie, especially when the circumstances arise that Maggie can't because, mm. you know, she's heavily pregnant. She's not the healthiest of pregnant bodies mm. at the moment mm. and needs to rest. And she can't do that because everything will fall apart around her. It almost does. Mm. Um, you know, there are elements where they do, but doesn't quite completely fall apart. We get close and there are heightened moments, but you sense that there are heightened moments throughout this family's existence. Mm. And I think it makes me really do think about the role of mothers and women yes, yes. in this film. So just going back a little bit to your observations of Gemma Ward's character, Jackie. Mm. It's true, she's very understanding and accepting. We don't really know a lot about her, except that she doesn't have a mother anymore. Mm. And I feel that she's there wanting of a family. Yep. You know, she seems to really appreciate a home-cooked meal, which doesn't happen very often. Mm. She's very loving and compassionate and understanding. And what I like about Jackie as well is that she's not perfect at yeah. all. Oh. You know, for example, there's a moment when Charlie chews on one of her tampons, which I actually think is quite amusing. And I had the same um, thought in my head as well. Well, at least it wasn't a used one, which yeah. she eventually, once she sort of accepts it and gets over it very quickly, mind you, oh, yeah. is able to brush it off aside. Now, whether that's genuine or whether that is just something to make Thomas feel better to say, it's actually okay. Mm. You know, you don't need to be embarrassed these things happen. Yeah. You know, there's also another moment where she reacts to Charlie masturbating in front of her. That, again, is quite confronting. Yeah. And it shakes her up a little bit because, hey, you know, she's 15. Yeah, <laughs> As if it wouldn't. But, again, she's able to say, okay, well, these are the circumstances. Mm. I care for Thomas. I care for his family. She seems to just be happy to be a part of a family unit. Mm, mm. And the circumstances that this family are made up of isn't a weakness for her. If anything, it is a seed of more love and more nurturing. The fact she didn't run during the fight was interesting. Yeah, I think... She stood there and watched, and while she struggled with and was terrified, Mm. she didn't run, which I expected. Well, it's very much a fight or flight thing. Mm -hmm. And you do sense, though, and I guess we get this throughout, that Jackie doesn't ever flee. Mm. She stands by. Like, when we consider all of the different elements that happen, all of the different things... And things that maybe some of us would rather say, I'm going to leave now. Yeah. She never leaves. And it actually makes me think of the moment when Charlie gets off his school bus and is at their school. Yes. So a lot of horrible things are said and done to him because these kids Mm. want to see the freak show that is Charlie. And that stresses him out immensely. And it all becomes very chaotic as teachers try to help and Thomas tries to help and even Jackie tries to help. But eventually when Charlie's teacher does come in and is able to calm him down and escorts him back to the school bus, it's actually Jackie who follows. Yes. So she's, yeah. So, you know, while Thomas is trying to calm himself down because Mm. he's protective of his brother and, you know, he's just trying to sort things out. She's happy to sort of escort Charlie to the bus as well. Mm. just to be a presence there and to make sure that he's okay. Mm. So she definitely has this, no, I'm going to stand by and I'm going to stay. She's quite invested, I think, in Thomas and Charlie and the family. She's quite nurturing and loving. Oh, most Um, certainly. Yeah. That fight scene that you've mentioned is probably the most poignant part of the film for me. It's so beautifully dramatic and it hits so many levels. It would be easy to perhaps criticise and maybe judge Thomas for his behaviour. 
but I don't judge him in the slightest. No, no, again, as someone that's sort of grown grown up with it all, even myself, I would question and con- even just confront myself. You know, so, so it's yeah. an absolute battle. You, you see, growing up with a mental disorder that you are aware of. Mm. I'm not going to go down any path and suggest, you know, all people that aren't aware of it are blissfully ignorant. Mm. I'm not even going to touch that one. I know a lot of people say it. I don't believe it myself. But I can definitely tell you as someone that is fully aware of it, you get these times where you just want to be normal. I know there's a big thing about what is normal. That's right. But I'll tell you now, as someone that is on the outskirts, as someone that is on the extreme of abnormal... Mm -hmm you start to get aware of what normal is. Yes. Now... And normal just means average at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. And, and again, it, it, I'm not talking about that, oh, well, ADHD is so much more creative and ADHD is similar. I'm talking about not getting frustrated mm. at slight changes. I used to break down and some of these positions, I mean, physical positions you see charlie fall into Mm. now whilst for him that is more his mind not it is it's not his mind not coping and i would have similar sort of fits Mm. not epileptic or anything but it would be where my brain just couldn't deal with the information overload and so it almost shut down yes and i'd end up in these fetal positions just thrashing out at people and not knowing where i was or what i was doing well isn't that kind of standard as well for anyone who doesn't really know how to cope i mean if we want to simplify it it's why children who are two years old have temper tantrums Mm. they can't communicate what they're Mm. genuinely feeling. They don't have that experience to articulate it either. That's it. And the the problem, I'll say in a very loose term, Mm. is that with ADHD, you often get that at 15, 16, 17 years old, 18 years old, oh, you're meant to grow up, you're still doing it at 21. Mm. You know what I mean? You do have this problem that is following you everywhere yes and so i could i definitely understand thomas's point of view because it is frustrating to be a 15 year old i'm 15 i shouldn't have to deal with this Mm. i'm 15 this shouldn't be my problem isn't that what adults are for on one hand whilst i understand why it has to be that way in Mm. now i'm talking reality here yeah because this very much i feel mirrors reality i think so too i understand why kids sometimes have to step up to the plate i've never liked that idea Mm. i've never liked the fact that a 15 year old has to potentially we see that scene where jackie comes to give back the hat and he's trying to act all cool and next thing you know he's carrying shit laden pants and she runs away yes now if she wasn't so forgiving and so curious and so caring that might have just been it And then he's lost out on that, Mm. and thus he doesn't get to have a normal teenage life because his brother has taken that away. Unintentionally, of course. Mm. So I understand his anger and frustration. Of course. He does feel like he is missing out a lot because, Mm. again... He can't even have a simple birthday party without yeah. it being then put back onto Charlie, where the yeah. attention reverts to Charlie. Exactly. And my favourite scene in the whole film, because it is absolutely heartbreaking, is when all is said and done, you get his mother, Maggie, knocking on the bathroom door, and yeah. her words are, it's not fair. Yeah, that's it. Because it's what we're all thinking, mm-hmm. and she acknowledges it. And I think in that sense, she's even putting it on herself as well. Yeah, that's it. I know it's not fair, that's because... It. 
you know, she tells Thomas off when he's not stepping up to the plate as mm. well. Mm. And Thomas gets criticised for not being responsible, for yeah. not looking after his brother. Mm. And look, at the end of the day, regardless of the ages or the abilities of the boys, that is something that is normal within a family anyway. Yes, yes. That you look after your siblings, you look after one mm. another. Regardless, again, it's heightened here. Yeah, and but, that's it. Yeah, she, you know, she opens the door and there's Thomas sitting down crying. A beautiful performance by oh, Reese Wakefield. Just yeah. absolutely stunning. That scene between Tony Collette and Reese Wakefield is the scene of their careers for me. Mm. I think if they never acted before or after, that scene encapsulates what brilliant actors they are and the sort of emotions and stories they convey. Can I also just go, harken back slightly to a comment you were making before about all the... You mentioned the kids bullying at school. Yes, that's right. Can I just say that whilst it was hard to watch, etc., mm. they are the tamest bullies I've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah. I'll tell you, and I kind of get it as well, though, because at first they're picking on Thomas, but it's just a bit of sort of jostling around and, Mm. you know, a bit of, you know, back and forth between quote unquote normal people. And then we see the different type of bullying they have to Charlie Mm -hmm. because of his disability. So it is nice to see that sort of the difference there. Yes. But I will also say, as someone that went through a lot of that sort of bullying, very, very tame indeed. <laughs> well, it's once you have that accumulation of different little bullying episodes, you know, how tame is it? Yeah, and it. also the tame bullying, um, to use your word, of Charlie and his schoolmates escalates very quickly. Mm. You know, and you can imagine that this is something that these kids deal with a lot. Oh, yeah. I think the way that that moment is resolved is a beautiful testament to the teachers and caregivers of people mm. who have limitations mm. and certain disabilities. I love Charlie's teachers. Yes. I just love the woman who is with them at the bus. Mm-hmm. I love the teachers who are there at the play. Mm-hmm. They're not developed characters at all. They have a few lines in a few moments, but you just see the importance of their role yeah. in Charlie's life. And by extension, in you know Thomas and Maggie and everyone else's lives who live with people who have disabilities, mm. you know, who the importance of their work to allow this normality, this social engagement, this type of education through play and through song and through interaction and creativity. These are children who are not just dismissed. They're valued citizens. Yeah, yeah. And so they should be. Yeah. Can I also put my the thing that I found most intriguing about this film? Yeah. Over everything else. Yes. It's set in the 90s. Yes, it is. 90s and early 2000s is absolutely fascinating in the realms of mental health. Yes. Because we have a family who... First off, is being given medication to try to help the... I'm assuming it's the attacks or the the hyperactivity or something like that. Something to do with the autism or ADD. Secondly, they have been given tools to try to help deal with him. They're not quite over their heads. They're not quite drowning yet. They're floating, Mm. but they're not sinking. Yeah, they're definitely in a routine that works for them. That's it. But finally... We have a wider community that isn't completely hostile, but isn't exactly loving. And that, to me, defines the mental health era of the 90s. Because you had this point where people were like, oh, you're spastic, you're mm-hmm. this. But when they're truly confronted with it, they can be a bit more either accepting or can be a bit more lenient. 
I felt that when you saw the kids bullying. Yeah. But then he takes off his shirt to go swimming and they see the bruises. Yes, and that was from the fight from that the was birthday from the party. Fight. And you just see their attitude just shift slightly. Well, I think that's when they realise, okay, so Thomas has some problems probably. Yeah. You know. We see this as well simply through Jackie. Yeah. We see this through the fact that the parents are so uh, loving and forgiving. I'll tell you now, a a father of a teenage autistic boy Mm. in the 70s, I highly doubt, and I'm being very stereotypical here, I get it, but I highly doubt would have been as forgiving or loving as that father is. Yeah, so with Simon... The reason why the family move around a lot and there are problems with adjusting, which, look, let's face it, probably adds to Charlie's stress or tensions as well, is because he's in the army. Mm. So there is a lot of discipline and structure that is needed. But Simon has his own needs and wants too. Again, he is a bit more of a background character because the emphasis here is more on the siblings and the role of the mother, I feel. Mm. But, you know, Simon needs some love and nurturing too. We see that in the way he communicates with a beautiful plush toy named Rex, which is quite a quirky little thing. I feel like it's a coping mechanism and one that Maggie is happy to entertain. She is very adaptable here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Charlie is struggling to speak. He can say a few words, but instead of trying to emphasize him to speak, there are other ways of communicating, and they do this through sign language, they do this through charts, through rewards, yep. all of these different things. Simon needs a plush toy mm. to express his frustrations, and he has that in the form of Rex, which yep. is gorgeous. How does Thomas express himself? Well, he communicates as anyone does through speaking through lashing out as well, you mm. know, through some acts of violence and aggression. I mean, he's a 15, turning 16-year-old yeah. boy. He does what every other boy does, really. And I want to actually point this out, that I don't feel that Charlie is that much different. We were talking about before, about when this film is set. So it's set in the 90s. Mm. It was made in 2008, yep. but set in the 90s. And you're right, I think that is a time that indicates a real shift about how we see people with disabilities. Mm. Because Charlie's not just locked away in a home. Yeah, yeah. He's not hidden. He's not out of sight. He goes to school. He has friends. He enjoys playing games. Mm. He is allowed out and about with mm. Thomas, you mm. know. He, Thomas, Jackie, they all hang out together at some point. He has this normality in his life. But also Charlie behaves like a normal teenager to me. The way he expresses it and articulates it is different because Mm. of his autism, yes. But I'd like us to consider the moment when they have the afloat concert at his Mm. school. So this part of the film, I think, is where we really see Charlie in his element. Mm. And if we want to say, well, you know, is Charlie a quote-unquote normal teenager? I think it's explored in the final reel at that scene. So he and his friend Russell are charged with playing monkeys in this Noah's Ark sort of story and song and dance. Russell decides that he no longer wants to be a monkey and storms off stage. Charlie follows him and is absolutely annoyed. Yeah. They fight. They have words in the way that they have words. Mm -hmm. And it's up to the teachers to resolve this issue. Yeah. That, to me, sounds like any schoolyard fight I've ever heard of. Yes, yeah. it is done through grunting, through spitting, through lashing out. But it's just a different form of communication. Yeah, yeah, of course. But when I was watching that, I've just gone, there is this emphasis throughout the film 
Charlie's not normal. Charlie's not normal. In that moment, he is absolutely the most normal of teenage boys. And so is Russell, his friend. Charlie feels betrayed. He feels Mm. angry. He's been really looking forward to playing a monkey in this play. And now at the last minute, on stage, Russell, you walk off and say, you're not doing it. (laughs) You're not supporting me, your friend. My mate who you sit with at the back of the bus, we chat, we hang out, we you know look out the window together, we're excited when Thomas has caught the bus with us. You're now going to leave me in the loach? Shame on you, my friend. I yeah. am going to whack you. And yeah. to me, this type of betrayal, this type of engagement interaction is a normal pattern of friendship yeah. through these adolescent years. Yeah. What's beautiful is that we do see Thomas come to Charlie's rescue. Yes. In terms of stepping in. There isn't that much difference between them. So throughout the film, again, there is the emphasis that Thomas has to look after Charlie. On that stage, yes, Charlie comes to Thomas's rescue, but Thomas needs Charlie's help to pull off a strong performance. And to me, I think that final reel encapsulates the normality of Charlie. It's a different type of normal. And this family have a different type of normal to what broader society feels. Yes. There will always be stresses and there will always be pressures. Mm. And as Maggie says as well, you know, your brother will not do or will have the opportunity to do the things that you will. In terms of he won't work, we're going to have to look after him for the rest of our lives. And there is an underlying sadness to that. Mm. And so the quality of life is the emphasis here. Yeah, yeah. So do we have a compromise to increase the quality of life of Charlie? Is Thomas's quality of life decreased? There are pressures, yes, but we see that the love that Thomas has for Charlie and Charlie has for Thomas mm. will ensure that both boys have this beautiful quality of life. And I think that's a lovely testament to the film. Oh, definitely. So on that note, Philip, what are your final thoughts of The Black Balloon and a score out of five? As someone who has lived this style of life, Mm. again, I was blessed to be not as burdened by it. Mm -hmm. So I really feel that this hits home to a family living with Mm. mental health and a child of mental health. I think it's beautifully portrayed. I think it, it serves very well to show people that haven't had to live with that some of the not just pressures and pitfalls, but also some of the beauty and wondrous that it can actually have. Mm -hmm. It does show why people get angry and get and struggle with this sort of thing. And again, for especially back then, you know, why you wouldn't want to talk about it and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I do feel that we've gotten to a point where we can talk about it a lot freer and that especially kids are a lot more understanding and accepting of a lot of this sort of stuff. Um, Whether we've still got a long way to go or not is up for debate. I absolutely adore the message that it's giving. So with that, I'd give it a four and a half out of five. And Wayne, yourself, thoughts and score? Yeah, well, this is the third time that I've seen The Black Balloon and it's the first time that I've actually sat with somebody else watching it. I was impressed by the quality of the film yet again because it still affected me. I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. That is a testament to some really fine filmmaking. I liked the performances of Reese Wakefield, Luke Ford, Tony Collette. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Gem Award, quirky, cute little character there as well. Much needed breath of fresh air to this family. 
I love the way that it is shot as well. We notice that the camera angle skews every time Charlie has a bit of a stressed out moment or a bit of an mm. attack. And then we see the frame come back to how it should be on a nice straight and narrow. The score is quite lovely. It is aesthetically beautiful. It tenses up and relaxes again. It is unpredictable just as Charlie is unpredictable. It is a very thought-provoking and touching movie. It is absolutely stunning. One that I think does not get the recognition that it has rightly deserved. I don't think many people know about this film. And as a domestic drama, which is one of my favourite genres of film, it is absolutely top-notch for me. So five out of five for me. Beautiful. Philip, what do you have in store for us next time? So... I have a little special something for you. Ooh, so you've got something locked away in a bag there, I see. I do, I do. Yes. And it's perfect for an audio uh, <laughs> uh, rendition. But yes. our very first episode yes. was a movie that maybe you didn't enjoy as much. No, it was really bad, Philip. And because you didn't enjoy it, <laughs> I thought I would give you a little present <laughs> we shall be watching the movie that they were mocking this island earth oh fantastic i've been wanting to watch this and now we get to see what they were mocking hey. <laughs> so my theory was that this film this island earth was always going to be better yes <laughs> than, yes, than the... mystery science theater <laughs> the movie so i really look forward to seeing this what a great movie to be putting out for our 11th podcast yes <laughs> well on that note I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Philip Hunting. And, and you've just, just experienced, experienced Fred, Fred Watch. Watch. Q music. Dum 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 dum